0: Welcome to Drunk Monkeys Logcasting. I am one of your hosts, Colleen Carney Hefner.
1: I am another one of your hosts, Chris Pruitt. Matt
2: Matt Guerrero, producer of the show.
1: Matt, Matt Guerrero. Uh, I know. My first
2: job as producer is to fix that intro. (laughs) (laughs) And I immediately fucked up my name. Anyway, uh, we read a literary
0: journal called Drunk Monkeys. If you don't read it, you should. It's pretty cool. We are gearing up for our big pop culture issue, Um, I don't know when you'll hear this. The issue might already be out by then. Uh, If you, for some reason, hear it before that, we are looking for uh, One Perfect Episode and Good Actually submissions. One Perfect Episode is when you write in about an episode of TV that you think is perfect. And It's Good Actually is when you write in about a movie that everyone thinks sucks except you. Uh, But again, I don't know when this will air. So who knows? Send them in anyway. We run them all year. Um, other than that, we are closed for submissions and will reopen on April 1st for pretty much everything. And today we are going to be talking about season 2 episode 13 of Twin Peaks, which is called Checkmate. Smack in the middle of season two. It's a slog, but we're going through it and we're we're ra- racing to the finish line. So we're here to talk about it. Thank you for joining. Oh, and also um, I always do this. I don't know why you would join in this far into it first, but if you are for some reason listening to this for the first time, we are a spoiler light podcast. We Don't go into too much of the um, upcoming episodes and issues because we want you to be surprised in case you've never watched the show before. So that's that.
1: I mean, it's understandable that you would want to jump in at, uh, you know, infamously great episode 13, season two, <laughs> Checkmate. Uh, Checkmate. Well, well known for being in smack dab in the middle of like the worst content in the series. But
0: <laughs> someone out there is like, I love this episode. And yeah. Totally strangers to me. <laughs> I need to know what they have to say about it. And, um, OK, we're going to open the show in in typical Twin Peaks style with some bad effects. Some real bad effects animation of some stars and like... like a weird like radioactive symbol it's it's not great
1: this this opening is fucking wild like (laughs) it is the graphics are bad it's like super unsubtle where it's like you can just hear the audio whispering cooper while it shows outer space and all these like horrible graphics (laughs) popping up you know it's like you can definitely tell this is part of you know part of the area in the series where lynch is kind of away from the controls and not really watching what's going on because not that some of the effects he wasn't using in this era and continues to use aren't in their own way kind of corny or jarring or anachronistic but like this just feels like not thoughtful and mysterious in the way that lynch's visual choices often do it just feels like i don't know throw some weird shit in there like there's this owl graphic that's really similar to the one that was like about four episodes ago or so, I think. Uh, and then we kind of like fade in on the major talking, and he's like sitting in this like ivy co- covered throne or something. And this imagery, I don't think is ever returned to in the series. It just shows up this one time and then completely goes away. I I don't <laughs> get it. I don't know what's supposed to be happening here. I don't like know. what carcose. Yeah.
0: That energy is, <laughs> what's happening um yeah he's in this weird thing and it's almost like he's he's talking almost like he's hypnotized and uh even though he claims that doesn't work on him and he's kind of like in in his thoughts and he's recounting what happened when he like spirited away while he was camping with coop um and he's like you know like it's hard for me to remember i can't really access those memories uh and let's see what did I write here like like there's this weird like triple triangle symbol that like he's like oh I saw the symbol and he's basically just going through it (laughs) he's having a
1: really hard time yeah there's a lot happening here that's kind of strange like I I think some of the line for line writing in this moment is kind of decent like the way he's kind of describing like I'm I'm aware that I had these experiences but I cannot access the memories in a way that allows me to like discuss what happened or to like in some way download this information like that's sort of interesting um but then there's also some stuff that just doesn't really make sense like he talks about being returned to the exact spot uh at the uh at the campsite where he initially disappeared but at the the way it was presented in the prior episode it looked like he just sort of like reappeared in the kitchen unless the idea was that he snuck in on his family which seems very strange so like it it maybe it's not supposed to be an inconsistency but it sure feels like one um there's like you know the the performance here from the major is typically you know very good and it's sort of batting above the quality of the actual uh, <laughs> of what the scene is doing <laughs> like yeah. he seems very rattled in a way that i think comes across well even though it's like it's, it's a little, it's, you know, it works in melodrama the way a lot of Twin Peaks does, but it like, it's effective in his case because his character, even in the strangest circumstances is always so put together. So like the fact that he feels like something is off, it indicates like, oh, this feels very important, but the details don't really make any sense. And not even just in a, oh, this is an interesting puzzle way. It just straight up doesn't make any sense. So like, it's, it's a little hard to know what to do with any of this really.
0: He asks, Coop Uh, well yes like it's like Coop and it kind of like fades into the fact that he's talking to like Coop and Harry and everybody and Hawk I think is there
1: the doctor's there as he's there Uh, in every piece of business business that ever occurs in Twin Peaks.
0: and uh and he's like have you ever heard of Project Blue Book and Coop's like of course I have loser and he's like he basically is like oh yeah, well, like, you know, we looked into this sort of like UFO stuff and then like the government was like, forget it. But we kept looking into it anyway. So they're basically, he was basically part of like the Bookhouse boys of UFOs. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and but- then he yeah. actually says that he thinks he was in the White Lodge, which is like probably the one moment where it's like, oh, this is like an important like Twin Peaks war that like we're kind of getting into at this point.
1: Yeah, this is like basically the only thing that I feel like is important or in any meaningful way comes back from here is this discussion of the White Lodge, his particular pronouncement that the White Lodge is beneath Twin Peaks and what that yeah. might mean. Uh, that's something we should think about. And the rest of this is just going to kind of go away in a really weird way. <laughs> <laughs> My
0: favorite part of this this uh, scene is like he, uh, you know, somebody comes in and they're like, oh, like the commander needs him. And they're like, no, we're interviewing him. And he's like, no like he has to go now so uh so obviously Briggs is like okay I have to go and he leaves and they have this polaroid of like the the markings like the triangles like behind his ear and the sprinkler starts to leak onto it and they're like what the hell they look up and they see the sprinkler leaking but then they just stand there
1: they just stand there in the same kind spot of like
0: half, half-heartedly wipes off the water from the picture but still doesn't move. <laughs> it's like really weird.
1: Yeah it really this is really a moment where it's not even like the biggest stinker of a scene or anything but it's like really a moment where it feels like the show is trying too hard to be Twin Peaks and is not actually succeeding in being Twin Peaks. You it has know?
0: this like very dramatic close-up <laughs> of this sprinkler with the water like slowly collecting on the, on the edge before dripping down. It. It's like
1: nothing <laughs> very bizarre it almost feels like a self-parody in a way i yeah. yeah i it very strange opening to this episode
0: it's strange okay uh we move on from this to denise and ernie um obviously in the last episode we had some ernie confessions uh i think that was the last episode and yes. basically what's happening here is they're they're trying to still exonerate coop for all this like uh these claims that he's like you know in in a bad way with drug dealing and all this and that. So basically what's happening here is they're working with Ernie to set up a drug deal um, with Ernie wearing a wire so that, you know, they can pretty much get what they need to exonerate Coop. Um, And Ernie's just like a sweaty mess. (laughs) I didn't write many notes on this because we do come back to Ernie and Denise, like this whole dynamic later. And this was kind of just setting it up. So it's not like I feel like it's not super, super important. It's basically him just trying to haggle out of like not having to do it.
1: Yeah. It's just trying to lay in a couple of plot elements here that like Ernie's kind of being arm twisted into doing this, but you know, he also doesn't really have much of a choice because they know he was involved in this stuff. So this is his out. Um, And there is a lot of discussion of Ernie sweating, which oddly will become a plot point, but (laughs) man, man, do they spend a lot of screen time talking about that in this episode?
0: <laughs> yeah, and they're basically, and he's like, very much like, please don't make me do this. I don't want to do this. Okay, it was just a momentary lapse of of judgment. I will do this, and it's kind of, it's just setting up for later stuff. So I don't think we need to spend. No,
1: that. yeah, I think that's all that really is.
0: Um. Oh, now we go back to the well. Yeah, we go back to the sheriff's office. I I think the Ernie scene was in the sheriff's office, but yeah. anyway.
1: Yeah, yeah.
3: The
0: sheriff's office, whatever. Um, and we we have a brief like could be a Lucy Andy Dick moment, but it's really just Andy and Dick. But <laughs> they're like, "Hey, Lucy," and like walk by her, and she's like, what "The fuck." And they kind of are conspiring in the in the corner, like around the corner, about how they can get little Nikki's adoption records because they're sealed and they're sent to like you know the orphanage that he's in and like there's no way for them to access that unless they literally break in this is not like a time where things were electronically recorded these are like big manila folders so they literally have to physically break in and steal the folder so they're kind of like (laughs) gossiping about it and lucy's half listening and she's like what (laughs) what's
1: going on (laughs) I've written yeah. in my notes here, Inspector Gadget looking yes. ass about yeah. Yeah, about <laughs> yeah. Dick. Uh, he, I, I like how literally he takes like, oh, we have to do some espionage work, so I need to yeah. dress up like a, a fucking Dick Tracy character or something. Like, which it, is
2: in character for Dick. I mean, oh, he's yeah. always like when he's being the dad to the to little Nikki, he's got the little dad kind of outfit for the 80s right yeah that's just in character for it this is a good
1: dick character moment it's his you know this is how he experiences the world (laughs) is through men's fashions yeah yeah. his
0: lens is men's fashion and I I love the idea that he has an outfit for every occasion even uh like private investigating a seven-year-old child or whatever I,
1: I, (laughs) I do like also how whether it be the circumstances or the outfit. We finally have like a little bit of Dick like relating to Andy a bit here, where he's like, "Oh, you were supposed to meet me sooner," and Andy does the like, "Oh, but I got waylaid because a cat was stuck in a tree or something." And Dick has this great line of, "A peace officer's work is never done." <laughs> <It's just laughs> wonderful little Dick content. They're like kind of
0: like bonding over this like weird nonsense. <laughs> yeah. There's a, um, there's a Christmas special. I don't know if you guys remember it called the Christmas toy and toys largely ripped it off. It's a Jim Henson thing where like the toys come to life. And then if they're caught, like they get frozen forever, but one toy wants to be the Christmas toy. It's this whole thing. But anyway, uh, there's a Barbie character and she spends the whole, the whole special, like not, becoming part of, like, the whole thing because she's too busy trying to figure out what outfit she wants to wear. So she's like, normal, no, this is too casual. And that's very much like the same, (laughs) like, dick energy. Like, I just picture him, like, oh, oh, this hat. Or if he doesn't have it, I love the idea of him, like, going out to specifically buy, like, a detective
1: hat. Like, if he can't find a detective outfit, he's like, oh, can't do the plan, can't do the subterfuge now. (laughs) I don't have a detective outfit. Um, I wrote,
0: what is Lucy thinking here? Because it's just, she's just like, like how is she reasoning this in her head?
1: <laughs> yeah, well, clearly she's not okay with, she's or she's not quite getting it. She kind of stands up to go to look for them, but by the time she gets there, they've moved away. But we get one other detail because of that in the scene where Coop sees Herb's peeking her head out and he pokes his head out of yet another room. <laughs> like we got like a real Scooby-Doo chase sequence of a situation here. And uh, he's like, Hey, uh, did you look at that little thing I asked you to and it turns out this like little favor he asked of her was to search every major news publication in the United States for a personal ad that may be a chess play that is directed at him. And, you know, it, it does bring me to wonder how the fuck with all this like unusual activity at the sheriff's office where they're doing this like counter investigation on Coop's drug charge. And, you know, we're still not really resolved with the murderers. We ha- we know genre knows at large. And yet at the police office, we have enough time to look through every single major <laughs> news publication <laughs> in the United States for a chess play that doesn't exist. Yeah, uh, she's like,
0: there's no Windham Merle in any of yeah, the- yeah. There's no chess. So that actually, I'm glad you mentioned that because I wrote no W-E in paper and I had no idea what that meant.
1: <laughs> I, I just think it's very it? funny that like he assigned this absolutely astronomical task to her and she apparently just casually got she it did. done between stuff. Like, <laughs> yeah. I don't, she did I don't, it and she
0: did it with grace and style.
1: Yeah, that, that's our Lucy. Yeah.
0: Um, oh, now, okay. So we leave that whole like little scene to Norma and Ed, of course, fan favorites um a whole we need to talk sort of scenario um is this where he tips her and like she's all like google-eyed over him
1: yeah it's like it's like a, a weirdly kind of erotic exchange between them where she's like do you want more coffees? like yeah I'll have another one and also uh this is for you and he slides her a five which uh, oh big spender here <laughs> man uh but then like on on the other side of the receipt or whatever he's got a note that says we need to talk uh and talk is like super underlined I think <laughs> um uh, we yeah. need you. we need you yeah yeah talk. <laughs>
2: I'm doing it for, let, for the Yeah, for the podcast. Yeah,
0: for the listeners who can't see me, I'm doing the the fingers in the circular. <laughs> right. She's
1: right. she's like really aggressively doing well, it too. Right, like, yeah, yeah. over and over. Well, they need
0: to talk. To it. it was underlined, so yeah, I figured yeah. he meant aggressively.
1: Yeah, um, well, I I figure he meant that as well. <laughs>
0: yeah. Um. Okay, we go. Okay, we go to
2: Shelly, Bobby, and Leo. So wow, 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 wow! Wow, this shirt on Bobby.
1: Yeah, yeah. the <laughs> yes. Bobby outfit is really something in this episode. And, as and, it and has and been. I but- wrote
2: Bobby's
0: shirt is LOL. It's kind of good. I like it. Whatever. It's it's ridiculous, but I like Bobby veers off into weird territory.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, and I, I like the idea that it's Bobby's like 17 year old idea of what looking like a professional, like right. kind of shady yes man type dude. He's like, this is how I'm supposed to look, you know?
0: Even funnier is the idea that that might be like Leo's old shirt.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure
3: Leo
0: wearing it. Uh, so this is, I'm going to set this up real quick. So Leo is still like incapacitated. He's in his wheelchair and Shelly is feeding him and she's comically messy for. Yeah who's feeding a man who is never presented to move
1: yes like although he, he has is shown
0: to the side
1: he has been shown occasionally spitting up food though i thought that's what but we were supposed to Spitting
0: get it of. up though not like like she looks
1: not like, like, like yeah projectile like when you vomiting a
0: toddler who like snacks it out of your hand <laughs> and, <laughs> and throws it at yeah. you and, and you know like flings it like a monkey no like his head is lulled onto his shoulder he's moving much so like how she's gotten so messy is beyond me um she's comically messy Bobby shirt is insane and then uh she's just like he's like I have to go I'm working for like Ben now and she's just like what about me like who's gonna stay here and look and help me and he's like I don't fucking know babe and like he's super dismissive of her so she slaps him I'm not one to advocate for uh, domestic violence, but he deserved that slap in that moment.
1: <laughs> there's, like he's there's, very
0: mean to her. There's a
1: couple more elements of the scene that are very funny. And again, it's yeah. one of these things where because of how disjointed uh, the series is at this moment, it's hard to know if this is supposed to be funny or if it just doesn't quite fit or somebody thought it Made sense, but now it doesn't. I don't know. But like Bobby's first excuse is I've got practice, which as far as we can tell, he's not even going to school at this point, but like he right. is going to sports practice. Uh and, and she calls him out on yeah, it. Yeah, she's like, Well, football's season's over. He's like, baseball, duh. And then it's like, <laughs> but it's like then he basically admits, oh, okay, I'm actually just doing crimes for Ben Horn. Uh so like why I'm does he even bother now, like playing up lying about that? It's just the whole scene is really bizarre. Um like a lot of stuff in this particular episode to be honest um and you know this this bit where she's like particularly when she smacks him she's like okay you were supposed to help me out with leo and he's like okay well i gotta do important crime guy stuff it's gonna be really great and really cool and she's like well don't i have important stuff to do and he's like well no <laughs> that's that's what she goes off on him um and then he kind of storms out uh it's it's pretty upsetting uh, from poor Shelly's perspective I think yeah
0: (laughs) Shelly's given up I mean she didn't have much going on for herself but she had a job like she had a life now and she's given most of it to like take care of her like her
1: abuser (laughs)
0: damaged, abusive ex-husband still I guess and and uh you know Bobby's kind of promised her a lot of things that he's not following through on and and it's just it's a bad scene for shelly right now she's she's not doing great so it is upsetting um so yeah there's this is like a real ed centric episode now that i think about it like
1: Mm -hmm. a lot of Ed content here
0: so now we have like (laughs) james calls ed and he's like like ed doesn't have enough going on with his like i need to talk to norma stuff that he has all these other things happening it's he must be very annoyed um so James calls and he's like hey man I'm like two hours west of Twin Peaks like can you wire me all my money in my account and just send it to this bar I like to hang out I'm an underage child but (laughs) well send, send me this money to this bar
1: and and please don't miss that he says send me all the money in my bank account to this bar I hang out with and Ed goes that's only $12 fucking owned. <laughs> <laughs> and he, James is like, well, send it anyway. I need to buy one sandwich with this.
0: That's a Pabst root blue ribbon in a half, half plus tip. Um, yeah, I mean, he's still over there with Evelyn and uh, the whole
1: thing. And this horrible plot that sucks. Uh, like there's there's this bit where she comes into the garage and he's obviously still working on the vehicle um which was a little confusing to me because at the end of the last episode it was already running uh (laughs) it it becomes a little clearer later that he's like just finishing the detailing on the vehicle but Yeah, yeah um but uh you know like she comes in uh and there is a little bit here that's kind of interesting because it takes a moment to have James reflect a little bit on the Laura stuff uh where he's talks about how yeah all the shit I was running away from it all kind of like dominoed effect out of you know my relationship with Laura and how that turned out um which is a nice reminder because as as I think we've said before And I don't think it's a spoiler to say Going forward, all the best stuff In this show is about how That event with Laura radiates out Into everybody's lives and the world around And that will When this show gets back on track That will once again be what we're talking about So to have a random mention of it Here in this episode is kind of a reminder that Oh yeah, th- there is some sort of ar- Overarching something that still exists here We're not really spending much time with it at the moment But uh, somebody we haven't
0: forgotten that Laura it, it, was a thing but, and, but and somebody
1: the on the there. staff remembers it <laughs>
0: can we bring up Laura Just a, yeah. we got 10 minutes we need to fill
1: <laughs> yeah it's, it's uh, also
0: better,
1: it's also okay. one of like maybe like two moments in the whole show where James feels like somewhat actually introspective and that next moment won't come again until season three so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> enjoy it while it's here
0: <laughs> uh, I, I did kind of think it was funny because he's like you know I loved this girl and he died and yeah know like I didn't really handle that well and then another girl got murdered yeah Evelyn's like response is to put on those horrific like glasses that you when they when you go to like the eye doctor and they die yeah (laughs) and she's like cool but like I'm like okay this guy just admitted that like several women in his vicinity (laughs) I guess you just love to live on the edge Evelyn
1: yeah well and not only that but it's particularly punctuated because they of course start making out gross and uh then you once again hear a vehicle pull up for her husband outside it's every time they start interacting that like immediately is triggered uh it's like yeah okay cool all these uh women are dying that you're getting involved with uh let me make out with you like literally feet away from my abusive husband <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> like, uh, but i do like that he reiterates that he just wanted to get on his fucking go. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he says it twice
1: in the scene which is yeah. just so fucking uh, funny and i love
0: it was kind of cool that they threw in the loris theme because
1: yeah yeah
0: they're talking about her and i just thought that that was kind of nice they could have gone yeah
1: it feels emblematic of this episode where it's got some good where there's like some good content in the scene as far as how we move the show forward but like 75 of the rapper it's in is like why are we doing this like this is how a lot of this episode goes
0: um from there (laughs) from there we go on we're back at the diner. <laughs> I love this exchange. So Na- so Mike is sitting at the counter, and <laughs> Nadine sidles up next to him. Of course, she like is super horny for Mike because she thinks she's a teenager. So this isn't, in her mind, this isn't weird. In everybody else's mind, it's horrifying. Uh, and she's, she's like Mike, and he goes, "Oh Lord, <laughs> 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 he <was by> her.
1: <laughs> He's very funny in this scene. <laughs>
0: he is very funny. And she's like, I want to go out on a date with you." do you want to have a slice of cherry pie? We could bring two forks. And he's like, no, I want my own cherry pie. I want my own cup of malt. (laughs) I want my own fork. I don't want anything to do with you. I don't like you. You're creepy. You're old. This is annoying to me. And then she just like starts aggressively making out with him, which is just like actually kind of horrific because it's like, well, like she's doing that. Will. well and he's a child
1: and it doesn't speak well that we just bounced directly from one gross age gap relationship into right. another gross age gap relationship yeah in, in one jump cut <laughs> and, like... then it,
0: <laughs> and they have the jauntiest music playing in this so movie. weird it's like yeah. so like cartoony and goofy which is funny because it keeps going as we segue away from them to like other stuff happening and it doesn't really fit like it fits scene, like yeah. stuff in a way but like <laughs> going with it um she doesn't believe in consent she just wants, she wants mike more than anything in the world so um and uh i think this is actually interesting for something else that happens later in the episode so now when we get to it I'll yeah. um but basically they 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 keep that john D music and then go over to uh norma and hank like and norma's like i'm gonna go because she has to like go talk with ed and he's like, well, where are you going? It's like the middle of the day. And she's like, I just got to run some errands. It's cool, man. And he's like, because mm, he's like su- suspicious, obviously. But like, this is not jaunty music scenes. No. Like, like an abusive man, like, like, uh, you know, and a criminal kind of like sussing out his his wife who's about to cheat on him with her the love of her life and it's like why are you playing this like
1: (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) 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 yeah very strange i do like this shot of them having this discussion like between the kitchen machines or something it's kind of cool um yeah it is weird it also feels like a real blow it on norma's part because he's clearly communicating like i can tell that something is fucking weird about this and she's like yeah, okay. I'm gonna go. Uh it doesn't doesn't feel like great uh in-character decision making on her part. Uh,
0: she's she's got a singular vision and yeah. it's to Ed's house, and I have been in that position. Yeah, well,
1: that's fair. And I know that she's not
0: making good good <laughs>
1: the, choices the, or
0: being perceptive <laughs> about things because she just not, wants yeah. to bone down. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she's
1: not, not using the right body part to make come to this decision no. here. Um, and I need
0: to do a little aside here. Okay, so Hank, right. <laughs> Now, I mentioned this before we started recording, but we've been rewatching Better Call Saul. And we've been rewatching it with my son. And we're watching, we're on season three and Kim's talking to this guy who's like oil drilling and and like it's basically on the border of New Mexico and Texas. And like her client referred her to him because he's getting like dinged for like taking away Texas resources or something. I don't know. It's like all that kind of businessy stuff, right? Now I watched this literally right after this episode. And I was like, that guy looks so fucking familiar to me. Who is that guy? Right? And Fritz is like, yeah, he's kind of familiar. And I think Fritz might have known who he was and just wanted to see if I could get to it. So finally, I was like, I need to look it up because I'm fucking like losing my mind over this. And it was Hank. And I was like, I even said, we watched something with him in it recently. And it was like, yeah, yeah. And we were, I'm like, dude, recently, that was like an hour ago. <laughs> but of course, he's much older now. It's like 30 years later. Right. So, but I'm looking at him and he's just like so nice, but he's like, oh, I don't want to get dinged on like taxes and stuff. And I'm like, why do I know this guy? He's so familiar. And it was the same actor.
1: It's very. <laughs> I was like, that's fucking uh, Hank. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, not, not that typecast, apparently, then. <laughs> the no, been in, in a, a ton of life.
0: shit, actually. Yeah. I was looking down like his IMDb and I was like, oh, he's in like a lot of stuff, but yeah, but yeah, there he was next to an oil rig, <laughs> just chatting away. Um, anyway, so that annoyed me. That like, i knew who it was, but I can't tell if he did or if he was just saying that because I feel like he would have been like, "That's Hank from." <laughs> Get
1: on my yeah, phone. I, I knew but who it I knew. was. I just don't know the character name or the context, but I knew- <laughs> yeah,
0: I know he's a guy. Anyway, so uh, so yeah, so let's see here. Oh, here's. <laughs> This, this episode has a lot of, like, horniness in it.
1: <laughs> I, I, I made a note about this further down in yet another scene with more horny stuff in it later, and there's several more. We're not yeah. even halfway through it yet. This scene is all about characters making out in often extremely inappropriate times and contexts. Yeah. Um, like, here we get um the scene that you're referring to that seems to have evoked this i guess is yeah. where uh <laughs> where henry shows up or i'm sorry i'm sorry harry right. shows up at uh at the uh, um martell household to find uh you know whatever we want to refer to josie's current blackmail made employment mm-hmm. situation it's icky um but like he's basically like like what, what what is this Let, just go and she's kind of like no no it's better for me to be here it obviously doesn't want to like open up the blackmail can of worms and then they just kind of like get it on, on, the, going on the, the, it. like I'm you're in a terrible miz-
2: situation but you know what this uniform kind of works for me so let's yeah, go. yeah. yeah.
1: And, and she's got like a whole mess <laughs> and situation here and they're just on that counter like they're just doing <laughs> doing that i, I wrote and uh, i wrote Harry is inappropriately
0: horny for Josie. The waterfall is come because they cut right to like the waterfall. And I'm like, I get it. And they do this a couple of times yeah. in this episode too. Yeah. But This was the first time, and I was like, I see what's happening here.
1: Yep. He's it's coming. subtle imagery. Yeah.
0: But it's like, yeah, like he's just like, oh, you're like in this terrible indentured servant situation, but I'm so horny forever. So it's weird. It's a weird scene. Uh, it's, I mean, I think it serves to be like, no, I'm okay in my like weird blackmail situation, but I think it also just served to like get some horniness out of the way.
1: Yeah. It, it's kind of strange because, you know, obviously Harry is not short on things going on in this episode as we'll escalate as we move forward. And, you know, he doesn't really seem to take any immediate action to help Josie out other than, you know, helping her out in this particular way. Uh, so it's just sort of like, okay, I guess I guess I'm just supposed to know that Harry knows about this now, and we're moving on. Uh, yeah, it, it's a very weird scene.
0: Uh, we're gonna go straight into some civil war stuff after that.
1: So have we? Have ex- we even seen this girl that comes running out of Ben's office before? I don't I know. Was trying to it out. It no, 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 and, and it's haven't.
0: very strange. And I assume it's supposed to be like she's a secretary and yeah. people go off the wall now that she's like like she's all like banged up looking and like disheveled and she's just like uh Audrey kind of for a beat looks at her and she just starts crying and runs away so I assume it's kind of like a I have driven this woman out of my office with like my insanity or whatever but um I don't think we've ever seen her before she's not familiar to me
1: yeah it's 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 just a really jarring moment where we just kind of smash cut to this girl and I, I guess the implication is because she's involved in his civil war R- LARP that he's doing in his <laughs> office right now, because she's got like a little military drum thing and she has like a bandage on her head that doesn't look like a real bandage. It's like kind of <laughs> like a, you know, looks like a stage prop or something. So, but like very weird, she comes running out of Ben's office, like looking fucking traumatized. Uh, and then the, we kind of like follow Audrey into Ben's office to see that the Civil War stuff, as you uh, alluded to, has greatly escalated. <laughs> um, and he's it's got- gone from a
0: few figures on his desk to like an entire diorama on the floor, with, like little tea lights lit that like are supposed to be like the little fires that are left when you bomb something.
2: Yeah. It's the real cones of duncanshire situation. It's Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: It's super elaborate, and it looks, like, actually pretty cool, but, like, in the context of the show and Ben in general, it's kind of just a mess, but if it were anything else, it'd be like, oh, that's kind of neat, but...
1: Yeah, I mean, part of what sucks about it is it... There's so much of that in this episode, and I feel like there's more in the next handful of episodes, and it is just wheel-spinning shit. It, like, has nothing to do with anything that's going on, other than just to show that Ben's doing a weird, but, like, you know, (laughs) like, why do we have to go into this? I don't know. I don't know. Um,
0: Yeah. Uh, She's like, Daddy, I think uh, think you need some help. (laughs) Anything. I need help bombing the British or whatever. I don't know. (laughs)
1: He's talking about the war between the states. Oh, Civil very, war is the states, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's very <laughs> specific about that. And it gets kind of troublingly more specific later in the episode. But yeah. um, at this point, it, it's still just mostly playing with figures on the ground. She mentioned something about, we're going to save the business today. And he's just like, got no clue what she's talking about or does not care. Uh, didn't ask, don't care, L ratio. I'm playing with my Civil War figures. Yeah,
0: uh, I'm very busy. Audrey. Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: you're not cut out Um, for work.
1: and and, you know she so then her solution here is to jump up and to call uncle jerry to come to town to help you know shit is dire when jerry feels like oh he could be a stabilizing (laughs) influence
0: things are very bleak if it's like who can i call for help jerry is the first one you reach out to (laughs) yeah Uh, um so yeah i think later she expresses he's gonna be on his way soon so um so yeah, we go from that to again Ernie and they're kind of like taping them up. This this seems pretty funny. So they're taping them up for the well, you,
1: you skipped over something here, yeah. which is Did that I we even- see, Norma and Ed first. You yeah. see Norma arrive to Ed's house and they just immediately start getting to business. <gasps> I
0: didn't even write that down.
1: Yeah, and it it's it's got the like you know, it it's got the primetime TV cut to the floor and you see her dress fall off kind of deal um what like doing? Yeah, <laughs> why that. she had to change clothes all of a sudden maybe she stepped in a puddle on the way um, it's no. it's very this is where I put the note man there's so much like face sucking in this episode it's, it's got a lot horny. it's got a lot of that like early 90s where they would like really jack up the volume on like the kiss <laughs> noises you hear a lot of just like <laughs> kind of stuff it's like really kind of gross <laughs> (laughs) yeah
0: oh i think i know what happened here is uh aiden came home and he had friends with them and they walked by and i was like hey guys (laughs) just watching tv
1: hey guys just watching two 90s folks bone no problem (laughs) it's probably like
0: all right oh twin peaks season 13 uh season two of 13
1: huh great yeah cool classic favorite episode (laughs) kids
0: love it uh anyway uh yeah okay so i guess that i totally missed it it's so funny i don't know um, but then we get to Ernie setting up there like taping him with his wire. And, and I love this because like Coop's like, well, I'm still like not uh, in, in the right way with the FBI. I'm still on on leave because they like took my stuff away. And Harry's like, "I got you, man. It makes him a deputy.
1: And he makes him a deputy by just tossing him a little batch. And it's yeah. like, oh, this is and- how, it's in the Twin Peaks town charter. This is how you become a deputy.
0: <laughs> and then he's like, I hope I can live up to this, which kills me because he's like an FBI agent.
1: <laughs> High it is profile a, it, things. It is a pretty good coop line, though. It very much feels in character with yeah. him. <laughs> um so, then- Something something. I like about this implication here is that he's like, oh, I can't go on this raid with you because I'm not deputized. But you know, somehow that hasn't prevented him from sitting in on the questioning of the major in front of the Air Force <laughs> officials and, you know, giving Lucy assignments to do and so forth. All that stuff was okay. <laughs> but <laughs> Right.
0: <laughs> um, I like this too, because they're like, where's Denise though? And then um, Denise comes in dressed like a man. He's like, I think you mean Dennis. And Coop's face is so funny. He's like, oh. he <laughs> he's, he's like, like are he you me- guys seeing this shit? I actually this is made crazy. I watched this by myself, and then I made like later. I made that scene again because I was like, look at his face during this scene because he's like, <laughs> wow. <laughs> and and um, obviously, like the thing here is that that Dennis is going to go in with Ernie on this like kind of bust. So it makes more sense to be in, dressed as a man, you know, like, so they're not like, well, do you have this chick with you or whatever? Yeah. And, and Coop's like, how, how about that? And then he says the subtitles, <laughs> Harry, woo!
1: <laughs> <laughs> He's so stoked about it. Yeah. It's I, so funny. How, how do we feel about this bit? I think it works okay. I, you know, for for whatever, I think Duchovny is certainly trying to portray, you know, the, the sort of friction between like being this like trans character and but presenting as a man temporarily, like it's in his physicality a little bit. I, I think mm. a real effort is being made. I, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know that it's the best mm-hmm. depiction of this ever, but it feels it feels genuine. It feels I'll tell you something
0: right now, this moment where this character like, I'm going to present as a man because it makes sense for this assignment. Yeah. Does not feel squicky the way Jared Leto's character in um, Millionaire, Billionaire, Millionaire. uh, Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah.
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. The thing he got the Oscar for for some reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: where, where his character is a trans woman, but then presents as male to ask her father for money because her father doesn't accept her as. Which actually, like when I watched it, like that movie that movie is super problematic, but there was something about it that I did care for. And that scene really upset me only coming from like a parental angle where I was yeah. like, I can't imagine like my child having to present in a way that uh, that wasn't themselves because right. um for because your benefit, like to like yeah. ease something between us because I'm just not somebody who yeah. have that sort of like hatred for my child if they came out as trans or whatever. So like I, I came at it as a parent and I was like, this is heartbreaking as like you know watching because that's just sad to have to do that to ask your dad to help you with something right but but I mean that problematic stuff aside like this scene here didn't make me feel like "Hmm,"
1: the way like that scene did yeah well and I mean I think the reason yeah yeah and I think the reason I felt uh curious about bringing it up is because there's been stuff closer to home with this series that's been troubling like the you know Captain Martell Tojimura plot line which oh, right. pleasantly <laughs> we're on the other side of and I hate to bring yeah. it up again but yeah. I, I feel like this is a moment where it shows like you know we can do this play with identity without it having to be like right. having to feel that extractive and that like uh just gross there's also something
2: nice about Duchovny's portrayal of Denise like this playful she's yes. always playful yeah, like yeah. even when she's uh uh helping uh the, what's the name ernie uh set up with the equipment and stuff earlier the scene earlier early up she's like slapping him on the shoulders yeah. and stuff
1: but and, but like yeah. not yeah. in a way
2: that, so she's got a glint in her eye like yeah. as she's dressed up as dennis here
1: again and, right and i think yeah. crucially not in a way that makes her feel less effectual or professional for her job because i think that is a typical like trait to give like a woman character in that kind of scenario but they do a good job of like towing a line with it where like she is that kind of character but she's playful because that's the kind of person she is and not because like she's a woman who can't do this man's work Mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. she's somebody who like is is a playful person and who also is an fbi agent you know what whatever what
0: matt just said there is this sort of like glint of like i'm definitely going to get one over on them because there's I'm a guy yeah yeah yeah. Like, yeah yeah like so it is kind of like you know and, in the context of her job it's like guys this is cool because I can I can do this like right yeah
1: I, and I think it gives we her can't
0: some in as a woman like that's right
1: like, yeah right like and it gives yeah. her some agency it gives her like like this can be an advantage for me mm-hmm. which and no one asked the, her to yeah. do it yeah yeah, yeah 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 they were
0: like where's Denise and she's like oh, this would be better <laughs> and it's like I don't know I just think it's good Denise is yeah my favorite character it's good
1: I think Coop's like as you know very funny overreaction to it kind of helps sell it right it helps be like oh this is exciting and this is a fun twist and we're gonna yeah. this is well, gonna work also, yeah.
0: Coop is so like even when she first came out as Denise Coop had that same sort of look on his face yeah
1: yeah yeah, right?
2: yeah. <laughs>
0: and I think it's just like I'm very supportive of Denise regardless of what she's throwing at me <laughs>
2: yeah yeah. And Cooper also directs the audience to what we should be feeling for Denise, right? Yeah, and the 1991 yeah, audience, exactly. what you should be feeling. You should be happy for this person. The, Look yeah. how excited they are consistently. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: Look at it's how awesome. cool of a thing this is going to be for their yeah. operation. This is going to help the thing go off. Yeah. Everybody's pleased with it, you know. Yeah. Speaking yeah.
0: of playful, this gets playful later on, too, with Denise. So
1: yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, we got we got yeah. more good, good Denise. Good content Denise content
0: coming. in this episode. I love her. Um okay, so speaking of capers. <laughs> This two, <laughs> the two most imbecilic people in Twin Peaks. That's saying a lot. Uh, Andy and Andy and um, Dick, literally breaking in to this like orphanage, <laughs> like like while they're at lunch.
1: I've and- written I've written in here, Dick and Andy, the dipshit house boys. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> And they're trying to get, they're trying to find Nikki. And at first I didn't realize that Nikki's last name began with an N as well. Like, yeah, I thought the same right? thing.
3: Seen where
1: he's like, okay, looking for N for the file. I'm like, are you telling me that they oh. alphabetized my first name? But then he says Nick Needleman, which I'm not sure we yeah. even heard that up to this point. I don't yeah, think we I don't did. Think so.
0: yeah. no. I was like, it wouldn't be under, whatever. I don't care.
1: <laughs> and so it's so funny because
0: I'm so funny too because Dick is like he finds the finally he's so enraptured by it that Andy's like Dick we gotta go like Andy's the one who's like has enough self perception to be like
1: we should leave we should but leave. then we have it
0: we can read it outside and he's like but oh man this is great
1: there's this thing going on with Dick here and you know based on our prior conversation about the outfit I almost wonder if there's this thing with him where he puts on the outfit for the job and then he just decides I am competent for this job because the <laughs> uniform has made me. Because he he has he's suddenly overcome with this confidence that he has not demonstrated in like anything other than men's fashion up to this point. That's where, for the
0: job you want. Yeah, yeah.
1: Exactly. <laughs> where he's just suddenly like, no, we're gonna take care of this here. This is just gonna be really quick. And he starts flipping through the file and he's like. Hmm. the usual biographical information. It's like, you don't know what's in these files normally, Dick? You don't know anything about this shit. He's just like thumbing through it, you know, obviously can't find what he needs to be useful to him in a quick enough time frame. Um, And, you know, over the course of them fucking around with this, uh, like a couple who's clearly there to like see one of the children and maybe take them home or something, I don't know, shows up. And Andy reacts to this by... Like I, I, he, his first move seems to be to just try to be a mannequin. He just stands perfectly <laughs> still, yeah. staring forward and like he is completely unresponsive to the people talking.
0: <laughs> it's like the Brewsters or something or the Brewstroms or
1: <laughs> and, and they're
0: like, wait, I love this though, because like yeah. And then he goes to stand next to the deck and they're like, we're here to see little Donnie. And they're like, it's a very Simpsons, like, little Donnie's dead. He's Dead, being an orphan, <laughs> like you know, he's sick.
1: <laughs> it's oh, like no. I love that. I love that the first thing Dick can think to do is he's dead. He's like, dead. like <laughs> this is not going to raise more questions. Like this, that that's somehow going to get them out of this situation. Oh, he's dead, Dick.
0: <laughs> it, it frustrates me because I know it's a show, and I know it's not going to be like this. But the easiest thing to do would be like, oh yeah, like the secretary's at lunch. I'll let them know you're here and just yeah. Keep- Right. You don't know why you're there you could just be like getting a file you could work there and you could just be getting a file that's what happens in offices you just go in and get stuff sometimes but
1: yeah. it's they're like, uh, 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 the kid's dead, your kid died. <laughs> also, Andy's
2: in uniform, he could say yeah. he's on official business
1: or yeah, something, yeah, yeah. But Andy <laughs> doesn't think to say anything, he lets Dick lead, and Dick is the biggest dumbass in the world, so and he gives Andy
0: a fake name. But his, yeah, yeah, why did he give him a fake name? He gets just say he's, he's a one of the officer. police
2: officers in Twin Peaks, and he's got a fake.
0: well known police officer, they have two, <laughs> uh um yeah it's just it's really mad cap and, and they don't go back to it which kind of sucks because like yeah i don't, really, cool I don't really
1: remember what comes of this but like, i don't remember it, it straight up goes away for the remainder of the episode it's, honestly it's gone like now. i
0: even started watching the next episode because i was like waiting so i just let it run and then like and like i only got like a few minutes in but there's something like what ends up happening with that i don't remember <laughs> so stupid uh anyway yeah so um We move from that to okay. So, so Snora Eds again. This scene kills me,
1: right? Oh, there's so much coming and going here
0: that like people should be noticing other people and they don't. But anyway, so once again, someone needs Ed. So it's Donna this time, and she's like, Ed, I don't know where I don't know where um, James is, and it's really upsetting me. And it's like, what? You couldn't have called and like talked? Like you had to go to his house to talk to him about this? And he's just like, "Oh, he's like, you know, 2 hours west and he needs money." And she's like, "I'll take it to him." That's great. And he's just like, uh, like yeah.
1: I, She's like, "Here's this envelope with $12 in it. Can you please deliver this to him?" I like it actually honestly Ed would Red cost more to mail it to gave him. Some
0: more. Yeah. <laughs> but it's so bizarre and uh so then she's like, okay, thanks. And gives him a kiss on the cheek and close the door. And then Norma is like right there.
1: <laughs> yeah. Like she was just waiting to leave after their sesh was over. And then right. she was just like, uh, maybe I'll hang out back here for a minute. <laughs> You've got another lady caller here. Let me
0: <laughs> Right. And she's like, well, uh, like that was nice. I guess like, you know, We'll talk more later about things. So they didn't do any real talking here.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I, I took the work, we've got more talking to do as mm-hmm. like, oh uh, we're yeah, we're gonna we're gonna do some more of that that talking thing. Eventually uh, we'll
0: figure out our relationships and our marriages. Yeah. <laughs> but but first and foremost, phoning. Right. Yeah. So she's like, okay, well, I gotta get back. And I'm like, first of all, okay, this scene gets even weirder, but first of all, just to set it up, she's at Ed's house, so her yeah. somewhere, right? Donna shows up, uh, she's like hiding, and like, it seems like she's just in the living room. Yeah. <laughs> she's just like behind a door. It's like
1: around basically. the corner, yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah. Donna shows up, doesn't notice Norma's car, and is like, can you help me? This He has this envelope of money just like
1: on him, right? He's like turn around <laughs> or So then- yeah, It's just on like, his person. Yeah, yeah. And, like, was it in his pocket while they were screwing? Like, I don't understand what's <laughs> going on here.
0: It's so weird. So, uh, so timing aside, so this is what's happening. So then she, so then Norma leaves, right? And then
2: Ed, tur- as soon as he turns around, <laughs> it's Chris Nolan Batman
1: Briggs. cut where he's just mitten, where fucking Hank is right behind him. <laughs> Hank materialized
0: the way Briggs did.
1: Yeah, <laughs> but it's like <laughs> he's gone through the White
0: Lodge. <laughs> so, so we have Ed and Norma, and then we have Donna here, and then and then somehow ding is here like like orbiting like 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 satellites i don't understand how no one noticed i mean he noticed like i
1: mean the the scene makes zero sense spatially yeah it's
0: the weirdest there's a lot of it it's like a play like
1: yes yeah yeah but when
0: sage left and the other one's showing up and it's like it's really weird but
1: (laughs) and it's not over (laughs) yeah not even sort of
0: and Dingus is like, fuck you, that's my wife. Punches him, right? They start scrapping. Ed once again knocked at the floor. Uh no drugged, no, no-
3: I, I
1: was thinking that same thing where he's like, Oh, I would have been so good in the fight, except that, like, you know, I was super drugged. So that's I the only reason so, I, wasn't I was
3: not super
1: kicking ass. Uh and awful. then but then right now he just gets, I mean, to be be fair, he kind of gets sucker punched here, but he's immediately on his ass, and uh, Hank is beating the shit out of him. And then to add to the revolving cast, uh, th- this is when Nadine eats- like fortuitously comes home and god thank god she has super strength because (laughs) it really comes to to save the day here in this scene
0: i love it because she's like get off of him and like and like spins him around there's this amazing shot where like the camera's just facing him as he's as he's spinning and he has this look on his face of just like not like oh my god i'm getting beat up or i'm just so angry that my wife is cheating on me it's just like a resigned sort of this is happening. Like it this.
1: sort of fucked my life. Yeah, it's like kind of his face. Uh, it it I, I kind of bought that as like, it reminds me of that scene where uh, Josie's handler went and just beat the fuck out of Hank at the end of that one episode. It's like, oh, I love these scenes where Hank just gets the shit kicked out of him. Um, like, uh yeah i don't know this is i mean aside aside from like the stuff that's obviously funny about like the incredibly nonsensical way all these characters rotate in and out of the scene uh it's very emblematic of this episode where it's like we spend tons of time on ben's like civil war bullshit but then it's like we have this scene where it's like we're trying to cram so many plot points into the scene that like it it literally does not even make sense like (laughs) there's so many overlapping plots happening at once Yeah, it like it would
0: like somehow make more sense if like Coop was in the back drinking his coffee, which is like
1: (laughs) yeah, yeah, like Like, why why not? Why Why, why shouldn't he be there? Yeah.
0: (laughs) It's really a strange scene uh it's I mean it's worth it I think for that Ed face like I think that's super
1: oh yeah I, I mean it's it's amazing how it ends but uh it does it does feel like uh Nadine's a little more lucid that this uh, this triggers something in her because yeah, she's, she's suddenly, like
0: Ed and she's like Nadine's here Nadine's here right
1: yeah and, and and
0: then they mentioned something later that I'm like all right so uh but we'll get to that yeah yeah um yeah, but I mean, but all in all, Ed's just like, oh, God, you <laughs> 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 um, go back to that waterfall. So suggestive. <laughs> um, and then this is this scene is my favorite scene in this episode, because and I've said this before on the show, but Bobby reminds me a lot of Aiden, my son. Uh, and in this scene, Ben is going on and on to Bobby about Civil War stuff. And he's like sitting up on like this, he stacked his desk or something, and he's like up high. They comes down and he like puts his arm around Bobby and is like, "Look at the battlefield, but And Bobby has this look on his face <laughs> of just like his eyes are unfocused and far yeah. away. He's like, I might want to be dead. Like, yeah. Like,
1: oh, I, I fucked have... up again, didn't I? <laughs> this, <laughs> this is, is like, the right time to get in. I on truly this.
0: want to murder this man. He's talking. Yeah. And I have seen this look on Aiden's face thousands of they even stand the same, like with it, with his hands clasped in front of him. I'm like, I cannot get over how much he reminds me of Aiden in the scene. It's so funny. Just this kind of like, why is this happening?
1: Yeah. And and worth noting.
0: Crime boss
1: worth noting that even since the beginning part of the episode Ben's mania has obviously escalated he's now wearing actively what appears to be a facsimile of like a you know confederate soldiers uniform uh he's got a lot of flags around you'd rather not see uh he's he's uh you know he's really deep in it and he's like handing a saber over to Bobby (laughs) (laughs) as like some sort of symbolic like acceptance of surrender thing or something it's it's crazy it's rough and going then here. and then bobby's just like uh cool. cool he's like i gotta go talk to president lincoln so <laughs> uh i'll be back later after i've had that chat with my and buddy and he a. has a
0: little chat with audrey and he's like your dad's nuts and she's like don't worry i call my uncle jerry it should be fine yeah oh great yeah that's gonna go
1: good um <laughs>
0: I like them together and I like their dynamic together. I know. I, I wish there was more of it.
1: I wish, and I wish it wasn't happening during, like, one of the worst subplots in the entire series. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah
3: um,
1: we we move straight from their conversation in the hallway because they walked past Catherine, who was walking towards Ben's office. Uh, this is, this is something here. This, uh- <laughs> this is, like,
0: the most unnecessarily horny episode of this yeah. show.
1: Like, mm-hmm. like
0: I all the three seasons and the movie, like this is just where all the horniness has peaked. It is twin peak.
1: It is twin peaks, Yeah. <laughs> because there's uh, about twice as much of it as there needs to be. Yeah.
0: <laughs> um, yeah. Catherine comes into Ben and, and Ben almost like quickly, like kind of snaps back to it for a minute. He, t- he
1: feels a little self-conscious. Like he's yeah. clearly like, Oh, you came here to make fun of me. Yeah, I'm he's like, I suppose up. you're yeah.
0: here to, uh, I suppose you're here to gloat. And she's like, Yeah, actually, I am here to gloat. Right. But then this like sexy <laughs> music starts. And she's like, But I want you so bad. And he's like,
1: really? <laughs> <laughs> He's like, he. I think he literally says, You've got to be kidding me. Yeah, he does. <laughs> he's
0: gotta be kidding me. And she's like, No, like, I'm just super horny for you. Like, this is great. But he's like, filthy.
1: Yeah. And, like, and in this Confederate dress, like the vibe is rank in this scene. <laughs> he looks like busted. he
0: smells. Like,
1: Yeah, yeah, he, he looks, looks like he smells. Absolutely.
0: His Confederate outfit looks like he got it out of a museum and like didn't dry
1: clean. Didn't wash it, yeah.
0: He's like filthy. He's got like bandages and stuff and they're all dirty. And he looks like he hasn't, he's got like stubble. He looks like he hasn't showered in weeks. and And they just like, I don't know. They- he
1: like shoves his face into her cleavage and starts like screaming battle cries or something. Yeah,
0: like he goes like, she's got this long like floor length sort of like Native American print like shawl thing on. And he like puts his head up into it like near her booth. He's like, victory! <laughs> <laughs> it's so weird. Stealing uh, that one. <laughs> uh, yeah, hold on one second. Uh, I just want to see oh 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 um is this the is this the scene that i'm talking about because i wrote they sound like they're oh no 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 okay that's the next thing but yeah uh i even like are you kidding and i wrote that yeah yeah like it's
1: not great it's, it, the vibes are bad. Also notable in the scene, there is a, another visible photo of Laura still out in Ben's office somewhere. I didn't even notice yeah. that. It was like, yeah. what the fuck? <laughs>
2: like- <laughs> you see it when Bobby leaves. It's right in front of that door yeah. there. Yeah,
0: mm, That's not a good vibe at all. Hey, remember when <laughs> I definitely had sex with Maybe not even consensually. This underage girl, and um, then I was like accused of her murder. For-
1: then I was credibly accused of her murder because <laughs> I was involved in human trafficking her. But okay,
0: <laughs> he's an angel though. <laughs> Clap her up on the wall so everyone can see. I'm surprised Bobby didn't like stop and notice.
1: Yeah, like what the fuck is this, it's bro? Fucking
0: weird. I didn't even <laughs> notice that. I have to go look again. Um, crazy. Anyway, um, now okay, this is su- super funny because I believe here. We go to Evelyn and James again. Right? Yep,
1: yep. And Still not could. done with the gross, horny content. No, this and she
0: calls him Jim.
1: Yeah. And, it's and like, then really, he's like, ha, ha, don't call me Jim.
0: <laughs> yeah. And it's like, what the fuck? But I don't even remember what they were actually saying here, but she's talking to him and he's talking to her, and it's like weird, like, uh,
1: I don't know. She's doing like a, I'm going to need Definitely. your help here. And this yeah. is like the moment that he's like unveiling that the car is like completely done now. And He's like, like, you have some
0: champagne, baby.
1: Yeah, he pours her some champagne, and then the I think... It's not
0: even yours. It's done. Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> I think within 30 seconds, he dumps the champagne on the ground uh, so that they can make out. Like, it, it, yeah. the whole scene is very <laughs> awkward. The scene
0: is weird, um, but my, my biggest note for this scene, I didn't put down anything they were saying, but it literally sounds like they're talking, uh, like they're in different scenes.
1: Yeah, totally. The, the, the zero chemistry, like... like, a- like both from a character and an actor standpoint, there's zero chemistry happening here, which, you know, from a character standpoint... There might be a reason that's kind of the point that we're going to get to in a second here. But from like just a pure performance standpoint, it's just so awkward and unconvincing. And yeah, it's like... The yeah, the stuff she's saying
0: almost doesn't even match up with what he's saying. I'm like, do they like, like just kind of stick two scenes together?
1: Yeah, I don't know if it's just edited or it's just poorly written, but weird. it's... Yeah, it's really weird. And it ends where they're like, look like they're going to bone on the car because of course that's what this whole episode is like. <laughs> and then you get like the classic fucking the Creeper brother like kind of oozes his way into frame and like has like a smirk on his face it's like oh I wonder if something's going on there well don't I worry wrote, we're, we're not even gonna get to wonder <laughs> about that for like five minutes before the episode gets too eager to tell us what's going on so it's like yeah. there's like I literally
0: sexy like, shadows then I wrote uh oh <laughs> setups <laughs> like this show is just rife with like setting up and talking about setups and double crossings (laughs) like this is bizarre
1: (laughs) yeah um we get um i think before we get more on this we get a brief insert of what's going on at the uh where they have ernie wearing the wire and they're trying to get in here yeah Uh, there's like
0: a stakeout basically yeah yeah they're, they're behind the little hills with their guns drawn while this is all happening
1: yeah so basically the several hours of um um us having to hear about Ernie sweating pays off by he sweats so much that it causes the wire to blow which is how their cover is blown <laughs> this dude's shirt
3: smoking
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's just just like basically the weirdest thing they could have decided for that um and then we get a brief moment of Coop kind of doing cool Coop shit again where he just immediately takes charge of the situation where he's like i'm trading myself for the hostages like like, get Dennis and Ernie out of there. You want me? You know, you don't want them. You don't want their blood in your hands. Like, just take me, you know? So he throws himself into the uh, the drug house where Je- Jean Renault and his Mountie crony are <laughs> ensconced in there with Coop now.
0: Uh, Jean Renault goes into this big thing where he's like, before you came here, Twin Peaks was a nice place. It was a quiet place where we could do crimes without being caught. And now you've come here and you've brought your nightmare with you. Yeah. And everybody is experiencing this nightmare. Now, mind you, <laughs> before he got there, uh, the the idyllic peacefulness of being able to do crimes <laughs> where like human trafficking and what, you yep. also had a man raping and eventually murdering his own sister. So it really wasn't that great of a place. If anything, he just kind of ripped the Band-Aid off of, of mm-hmm. it you know yeah, sort of I, psychological uh chattering is is something that kind of affects Coop deeply where
1: Yeah, I do I one. I do think this scene is kind of interesting because we've seen earlier in the series a lot of framing around how Uh, you know Twin Peaks used to be a good place and then we had this murder of Laura Palmer and now it seems like all this bad shit is coming out and it's like no this stuff was always here you just had a had a way of like looking around it and so hearing it from Jean Reno's standpoint it's kind of like almost the opposite thing where he's like this place was always bad (laughs) in a way that benefited me and now you're here exposing bad shit and now you fucked everything up you know (laughs) everybody's having a bad time because of it so I actually thought thematically this was probably the most like relevant to anything seen in the whole episode and just yeah. in terms of how first of all lays that it's, out. it's
0: the best part of the episode yeah of the writing <laughs> um so, no i mean i didn't i did not like it i just thought that it was pretty interesting yeah. like kind of getting into coop psyche where coop is very much like a i'm just a good person who wants like an idyllic life and and for him to he even if it's not true for him to hear like you brought all this these problems
1: yeah yeah no that is true internalizes
0: it you know what i mean
1: and and john has kind of has been kind of convincing as a character who can do that up to this yeah. point in this no, like, he's
0: got that nice voice he's, he's like, got
1: that nice voice and like you're, saw, he's like
0: i believe everything this man is saying
1: like we saw how he treated blackie at the uh when i jacks and stuff like that like he's a manipulator that's like what he does yeah. um somewhere in here it was either right before or right after this conversation but it's before we resolve the stakeout uh is I don't I don't want to miss what's important about the sexy shadows scene that you mentioned which is that uh there's a there's a I mean I I will say for the 90s I felt like it was a quite boundary pushing uh silhouette of Evelyn getting dressed after uh, presumably sleeping with James or whatever and then it just straight up unloads oh by the way on top of this whole insane abusive husband subplot, et cetera. Oh, it's an incest subplot, too. <laughs> it's like, uh she's what's just, going on here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She's just like making out with her brother. They've locked to James in this oh, room. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I thought that was not, later on. Yeah, it's not clear what's going on, but like, this is like the 12th coupling that we've seen make out so far on this episode. Mm. Like, It's hard to truly, keep track. It's truly <laughs> unhinged.
3: Yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> so many characters um, in this episode go from like boning one character to immediately boning another character. It's, it's like a very weird thing that keeps happening in this episode. Bunch of sluts and twin feet. Yes, <laughs> so not a lot else to do, I think.
0: Yeah. Um, okay. So in this in this whole shootout thing, um what's really cool is uh they're like looking out the windows, obviously, like eh, what's happening? And a woman starts approaching in the double R outfit. Uh, with food so they're like do you order food which is like no yeah, it was so <laughs> funny that. <laughs> oh i did order a pizza Shit, yeah, I forgot about I that was a mind. bad decision
1: during the steakout. yeah <laughs>
0: i just really hungry uh of course it's denise right yeah. the back in denise uh attire but but dressing,
1: looking looking good worth saying looking great right <laughs> and,
0: and now okay I don't know what the headpiece is called. Maybe it's just a headpiece. Like it's not really like a headband, but you know, like the little kind of it looks like a hat, but it's not quite right. Mm -hmm. Um, But anyway, she looks great, and that's basically she like storms the you know like she she like gets in there and is like
1: "Ah, yeah she she uses this pretense uh as like just a way to get the door open um i will say it even though i this bit rules it's very funny the way this happens it's good and i love denise uh it does strain credulity that like jean has been like this like pretty like uh, you know, mastermind character, and then the second, like, a babe puts on a waitress outfit, he's like, oh, I'm going to open <laughs> yeah. up the door. <laughs> like, I'm fucking starving.
0: This is great. Maybe I'm yeah. just hungry. Yeah. I make rash yeah. decisions when I'm hungry, too. Yeah,
1: well, that's fair. You're not you when you're hungry. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this podcast ah. is sponsored by Snickers. Um, I, I <laughs> the, the action of the scene with her storming it is pretty funny because it's like she's doing a bit where it looks like she's gonna like hike up her skirt, but what she's doing is she's revealing she's got a holstered pistol that at Coop's level because right. he's like down on the ground. On the so, ground. so like he can grab the gun, and then Denise like just starts beating the shit out of that. And the headpiece guy.
0: falls <laughs> off, and it's real, that's why I mentioned it. Like while she's beating the show, that guy, her headpiece falls off, and it's like, and she almost like looks at it. It's almost like it wasn't it probably.
1: Yeah. Was- mm-hmm
0: bench they go whatever Bye. <laughs> I, Like, this is like a very slight moment that i loved very very much yeah
1: yeah yeah it's good uh ultimately the upshot here is uh john starts to get away coop shoots him Jean's done uh he is it's over uh john is out of the picture this mounting guy presumably is uh gonna be in big trouble um so it kind of resolves that like episodes long issue in like five seconds there he's he's like, just oh, walking
0: oh, in oh. it's time for me to die
1: <laughs> it's sad we won't have that performance on the show going forward because man <laughs> i'll miss that every episode um,
0: yeah yeah uh, i love this little shootout thing um let's see what i what did i write here is uh, oh okay i wrote i uh, John not it Storm now, I said, Is there a storm happening in this next scene again?
1: With- um, we're gonna learn what's Shelly's- happening in the following scene, but what we know is that Shelly is look, she appears to have fallen asleep on her couch and the power is flickering on and off. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, okay,
0: oh, that's right, that's right. Yeah, uh, yeah, the, so the power is flickering on and off, and and she's listening to this like super creepy record. I mean, it's, it's obviously sounds creepy because the power keeps shutting off, so it slows down the thing and then it keeps going back on, so it's like. it's really creepy and wakes her up and she's like what the fuck and she's like bobby what's happening um and you know she's kind of like confused and she goes to look in on leo and he's not in bed and there's like this horrifying clown doll (laughs) up nose happening and she's like that's fucked up (laughs) get out of the house yeah yeah right uh and then she keeps walking around she's like mommy Leo turns Leo's uh like creepy wheelchair around. He's not there either. Leo's back, baby. That's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> Leo is back in action.
1: You get a classic, like the lights go off and they come back up and Leo and he's is like, yeah. hi, <laughs> Shelly.
0: Ah! Hard
1: cut. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then we go to this last scene of the episode, which, uh, you know, I mentioned earlier on how this episode the pacing is all over the place where there's just tons of shit that doesn't mean anything or doesn't matter. And then there's like, oh, we have to cram a bunch of plot points in here. This one is rough. They they literally throw so much into the last like three minutes of this episode that it's like difficult to understand what is happening. I guess they're coming back to the station from this from whole shootout this thing. Mm-hmm. And then they come up and like Lucy is standing out in front of the station with a flashlight. And she's like, oh, some, some bombs went off in the forest and the generator exploded. And like, there's all this problem and we don't know what's going on and blah, 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 blah. And it's like, it feels like they just, couldn't end the episode without setting up another or they didn't feel confident that they could end the episode without immediately setting up a new problem for Coop right. so it instead we just rammed this like nonsense <laughs> like something is being bombed and something is somebody or something is maybe in the police department or the sheriff's department rather um like
0: H- Hawk here, he's like I'm going to check the generator
1: so it yeah. seem right you- yeah, yeah.
0: She just said yeah. there was a bomb that was yeah, she said a bomb blew it
1: up <laughs> and then he says something doesn't seem right. Yeah, you think I Hawk, I think it's the bomb. <laughs> the bomb is the part that clued me in. That's something just saying weird right.
0: stuff happens here, yeah, but it might be the bomb.
1: Yeah. Um and then the upshot is basically without any prelude to this. Coop walks in and it, it's got the whole like denies you the sight of what he sees at first. Like, Harry, you got to come in here and check this mm. out. And so he like runs in and we get like in like basically an anonymous body that has apparently been murdered or something pointing <laughs> at a chessboard with a move on it. And that's how we get the last chess play or the next oh, chess time. play. Dun, dun, dun.
0: And if the guy tied up and dead looks like Coop, but like if he were in like Nirvana,
1: yeah, 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 yeah. he looks like he's Run like, was
0: just coming on to the scene. So very good look. Yeah.
1: This is Temple of the Dog, uh, Coop that would have been like oh, contemporaneous, mother love I think.
2: He <laughs> yeah. also looks a bit um, like James Urbaniak. <laughs> I, <didn't, laughs>
1: I didn't catch that, but I believe you entirely.
0: I don't remember who plays this this um maybe Matt can look who plays this corpse yeah. but I feel like it might be, be actually i shocked
1: if it's credited
0: no but like he looks so much like Coop that for some reason like my brain wants to say that it's like his brother in real life or something I could be completely wrong but I could be making it up or mixing it up with a different show but uh I'm bothered it I,
1: I have no idea about that but yeah it's a really weird uh topper to the episode that just like like, oh, we got to set up a new mystery, or they won't tune in next week. It, it would uh, have been of... better
0: if the cl- had a sign that said "Checkmate," because that's the name of the episode. It just would have been better.
1: Hmm. Well, but is the, the move
2: thing. a checkmate?
1: No, because I, I don't know chess. They're okay. gonna yeah. keep. There's gonna be a whole chess playing subplot <laughs> that's going to commence as a result of this. That's the thing. If it was checkmate, then that would make sense. It, like, none of it makes sense. That's the problem. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs>
0: Anyway, that's how the episode ends. So, like, oh, let's like recap real quick. Horny, 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 dead. Really? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like it's such a weird, horny episode with like the shootout seems pretty cool and stuff, but like it's such a weird, horny episode. And then it like ends with this like weird chest dead guy. Like, what?
1: (laughs) What? And there's bombs and stuff. Like, the power's out all over town. Like, what is all this?
0: I'm supposed to believe that this guy obviously has been sneaking out the place. I believe right. that while everybody was over here, he couldn't have snuck in and left that there with Lucy there. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> he had to put off a bomb. <laughs> like, I as mean, shit. I love her to death, but she's dumb.
1: <laughs> she's too busy looking at newspaper articles all day for news. <laughs> she's
0: like, she was looking at them so hard she didn't even realize when the was in the building with her. See, that would have been a good twist.
2: <laughs> and Colleen, uh, you're right. Craig McLaughlin plays the No body. shit. Kyle <laughs> McLaughlin's so brother. Funny. And a production assistant on Twin Peaks.
0: If you look, he looks just like him. Like, I knew it yeah, looked like right. him, but no. I
1: assumed it was somebody made up to look like him. I didn't What's think, oh, that's literally his brother.
0: Watching Mm-mm. this episode last night, I was like, oh, like that looks so much like him. Is that him? Like you know, like a. Duck. But then I let the next episode run, and like he's like dicking around with the body and stuff, and it's obviously mm. the same body. So I'm like, well, it can't be him. Like, right. been able to do it that well. Back then. So so i had a feeling i'm so smart
2: <laughs> well done called that you one. know you're kyle mclaughlin
0: I, there is like literally that's not my nothing. sweet
1: baby <laughs> that's
0: not my baby
1: but it is he somebody who probably shares some of his genetic code yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: um yeah so that's the episode it's it's a wild one it's you know what i said before we started recording like this is probably the fewest notes I ever took on a show because a lot kind of happens in it, but it's not much that you need to write a lot of notes about. It's like, Oh, Ed and Norma bang. Now.
1: Maybe- yeah. I, I had a lot of notes on this, but almost none of it was substantive notes. It was just yeah. <laughs> to remind me which scene we were bouncing back between, right. because it would be like these these two are making out, these two are making out, these two are making out. Uh, something confusing happens. These two are making out. The <laughs> like thing that, I was going to say like the about the whole episode. Um,
0: the thing I was going to say about uh, Nadine and. And Ed actually must be in the next episode because I didn't write really know it's about it. So this is my problem with letting it run. <laughs> yeah,
1: you can <confused> finish yourself. <laughs> so I'll
0: bring it up next episode. But yeah, it is a weird thing. That I,
1: th- I thought that you were just referring to the fact that she seems to like come back into her senses. No, during no. that uh There's something more specific you were I'll tell you when we, <laughs>
0: show- when we yep. stop recording.
1: <laughs> well, I'm, I imagine I'll probably know it myself when I see it <laughs> in the next one as well.
0: Yeah. But anyway, yeah, so Producers Corner, I mean, I don't have much yeah. else about this. It kind of is what it is. Like.
2: Yeah, I got something fun for Producers Corner. This is kind of a just a random thing, but it turned up something really interesting. Um, so as we record this, not 20 miles away from where I'm located anyway, and you guys are even closer to where Colleen is, the Oscars are happening tonight. Um, and uh, the awards right now, the the main one, I guess, Dune is winning a bunch of shit technical awards. And Ariana DeBose won for West Side Story. Don't know we needed another West Side Story, but she was good in it, so whatever. Um, anyway, this episode aired on January 19th, 1991, which happened to be the same night that the Golden Globes were held. Um, and big winner for movies that year, Dances with Wolves, I think we can all agree that aged super, super well. And <laughs> <Jesus>. <laughs> Lord knows what from this year is gonna age horribly, probably everything. Um, but the big winner in TV, Twin Peaks. Twin Yay! Peaks, the, the, uh, the drama and uh, Baby Boy, Kyle MacLachlan for best actor. Um, now imagine though, you watch them win and you turn the dial.
1: And you're hitting and and you and you you're the absolute, absolute nadir of the series is happening yeah. live at the same time. You're knee yeah. deep
0: in fucking, <laughs> You're knee deep in Evelyn and James territory. Like yeah.
1: <laughs>
2: but yeah that's uh, such a strange thing so the night this aired they uh won one of their top one. honors i think they also maybe won the emmy for best years I, maybe not maybe they were too weird let me look that up
0: yeah oh my god
2: yeah, yeah i don't know anyway. <laughs> anything else that's it that's what i got that's
0: it. Yeah. oh that's crazy though i love it so, yeah. So, I mean, I guess that's pretty, I mean, I don't have anything else much to say about it and I
2: don't think you guys do either. So I guess. No, I think the main thing was just the horniness. Like I was surprised. Like I was cause I'm watching it as you guys are talking and sometimes I had to ones, skip right? the scenes ahead because they'd just be making out for so fucking long. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, it doesn't God matter. Damn, when is it ending? <laughs>
1: <Stop> <laughs> it's like, with loud 90s face-sucking sound right, effects. It's yeah. just like, it's like, God, it's just interminable in this episode. <laughs> <It's terrible. laughs>
0: um. Yeah, because you've never seen these episodes. You're just
1: like, right, yeah, so I'm watching yeah. along, but yeah. I mean, you're not missing anything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, so you, no. you know when people are like, "Hey, the middle of season two sucks."
2: <laughs> the the of season
1: two sucks. <laughs> no lie was told. Yeah, <laughs> it yeah. was not good. Yeah.
0: We're getting towards where it gets a little
1: bit. Yeah, yeah. yeah, we're getting there. They, we're, we're almost like right in the trough. So it's going to yeah. start to escalate. Like and yeah.
2: meanwhile, the James and Evelyn thing, I know I said this the first time that it came up, but I just, every single time, it's Wayne's World 2. It's Kim yeah. Basinger and Garth, uh, Garth. Every single time. It's so yeah. funny to me. <laughs> Take me, Garth. Yeah. <laughs> i gas
0: and you need a jacket. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Anyway, yeah, can i that's be a, frank
0: yeah. <laughs> can i still be garth <laughs> i love that movie it's so good anyway okay so uh we'll see you guys next time i'm signing off wait, My-
1: wait. you talk- got you got a plug you got a plug you got a patreon now you
0: oh Ooh, shit yeah. yeah i do have a patreon so uh i started one i don't know why um give me your money. <laughs> <laughs> but uh basically i'm like trying to get back into writing like pop culture-ish like essays and stuff so uh, basically once a month i write down i, I kind of go over everything i watched for the month and i watched a lot of stuff so uh, my first one was like way longer than i thought it was because i just started this at the beginning of march so i recapped february um and then i do like i just did an essay on benedetta and the devils the ken russell 1971 movie because it was and and Why not uh, and it's Lent, so I was like, might well,
1: watch." <laughs> I and as well I watch some... uh, nuns exploitation movies. <laughs> yeah, so I had
0: some, I had some thoughts on those. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, I'm working on one about um the Who's Tommy. It's basically me kind of like examining exactly why I get obsessed with the things that I do, and like, you know, uh, Fritz bought me tickets to see the Who at the Hollywood Bowl in, in November, and he's like. I probably would have bought these for you, even if you hadn't made the who like your entire list. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but um, but, yeah, so like it's basically like I get very obsessed with with certain uh, pop culture type stuff. And I'm trying to kind of examine why I get that way. Like, I don't know why like these things tend to consume me and I become like addicted to them. So like the who's Tommy thing has been going on for a long time now. So I'm like, why is this affecting me the way I am? So I'm basically kind of doing like these little deep dives into like my pop culture sort of obsessions and then just little write-ups of certain things. So uh, you get pretty much the bulk of what I write for like the $5 tier. Um, You have the $1 tier that is just like, hey, I like you, here's a dollar. Uh, It's a $20 tier, which I don't even have anything for it yet. So it's just like, you must really love me. And then uh, there's a $9 tier where I post their straps on Thursday. That, I know my audience. <laughs> 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 so, uh, yeah, so it's Pat, uh, patreon.com slash calling ch. It's like super easy to find. So, I think it's uh, my, on my bio on my Twitter, too, whatever. But yeah, I forgot about that. See, I'm not very good at <laughs> it. <I'm not>
1: very- <laughs> Like, it, it felt like if people like to hear your pop culture analysis on this show, mm-hmm. they may also like to see your pop culture you analysis. Want to know why. else <laughs> Or my cleavage, either way. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Maybe, but why not both? Why okay. not
0: both? So yeah, I'm working on a, a who's Tommy thing, kind of like about like the mom character in it, because I think it's kind of a weird dynamic. And then uh, I might want about how the word shy does a lot of work uh, in "Hold me, throw me, kiss me, kill me by you too. Lot of sexiness in that one word, that's a lot of work. Now, this was before Bono wrote that terrible poem, though.
1: <laughs> so, I, know, I the distance. So little. Okay, no, no Pelosi content on this podcast. I i veto, I veto. That had
0: some good memes out of it, though. Yeah,
1: true, I was really it, that's that's pretty much the only thing our gov is good for at the moment is the memes. <laughs>
0: God damn, Bono, what are you doing? Anyway, so yes, thank you, Chris. I totally forgot about that. I appreciate it. So, other than that, I don't have anything else to plug. Read Drunk Monkeys, like I said, pop culture issue comes out next month, and that is our big issue, and we really like doing it. So, hopefully, it'll be very good, uh, and that will come out probably a week or two into April. So, stay tuned for that. But otherwise, I'm calling Carney Happer.
2: I'm Chris Pruitt. Matt Guerrero got it right this time. Very <laughs> excited.
1: Matt. <that> <laughs> Matt, Matt Guerrero. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. <laughs>